Here we go. Podcast. (laughs) Welcome to the Austin cast. We are five episodes in, six episodes in maybe, and we are stuck with that name. So far, all my efforts to get it uh, changed to the AC have uh, fallen on deaf ears. Welcome to the air conditioning podcast. The AC. A breath of fresh air for the world of MMA. Uh, didn't you promise us last week that you would have a fresh um, catchphrase for this week? Well, if you've been listening closely, Fight Fans, you realise that that was two weeks ago that uh, oh. I promised that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Wait for the wait for the complaints to roll in. Um, we are going to rattle. Have to rattle. Be proportional to our audience, though. <laughs> I I really hope not because that would be overwhelming. If the complaints rattle in to that extent, I don't know how we'll be dealing with them. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's, it's we had a we had a big episode last week. Um, cleared out the heavyweight division. Boxing, MMA. Um, this week we we're gonna have to cut the episode shorter a little bit. I think we've got a few rants last week. I'm in a I'm in a bit of a rush, so uh, why don't you tell us about that rush, James? Use up <laughs> some of the podcast. <laughs> let's let's rattle through. Let's um let's not cut any corners. Let's start with the shock of the weekend, and namely that was you beat me in the uh, the pick of the fights. Oh dear! Oh dear! Well, is that the shock? Of, is the shock of the weekend that Bellator actually happened? We both <laughs> was gone, um, and didn't make any predictions for the Bellator when it was a great card and the UFC was a little weaker. It but, was. Hey. It was a great card. Like so, that was. I'll be honest. That was one of the shocks. Of the weekend was you texting me <laughs> on Sunday saying, "Oh, we've missed Bellator. What a card!" <laughs> it really was a good card. There's so many. They've got their the semi-finals of their light heavyweight tournament they also had um former bellator champion brent primus um fighting benson henderson so there's like and there's a whole bunch of actually really good fights on the undercard as well but it was kind of a stacked card um so yeah uh my bad <laughs> so bellator let's talk about let's start with bellator because it was a much more exciting card um than the ufc one just looking at it just looking at the names on the list it was again people listening will know i like big guys and big guns and occasionally a big gut but it was light heavyweights so there were some guys in shape and i mean is there an argument that bellator as they claimed on the commentary has the best light heavyweight in the world at the moment invading nemkov uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, we've got to see whether he can beat Corey Anderson yet. They, you know, they obviously Corey Anderson looked phenomenal, you know, winning under a minute. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, but, but Nemkov is a beast. He's, you know, he's 15 and two. The one thing obviously the UFC can say at the moment is, uh, Jerry Prokraska or however the hell he says his name, Prochaska. actually holds a win. Prochaska holds a win over Nemkov. Um, and, you know, he's not even the champion in the UFC. So there's still that to it. And on the other side, Jan Blahovich holds a win over Corey Anderson. So, yeah, if you want to play kind of MMA top trumps here, you know, they've still got the upper hand. But Nemkov definitely is in the 
you could argue that he is the best guy in the world at the moment. He looks very, very impressive. And he, he looked great at the weekend, particularly after he had a bit of a surprise in the first minute or so of that opening round. Like, he got caught hard. Enough yeah. to drop him. Um, he, was, he recovered quickly. Anglicus um, really took charge of the moment. He he was a, re- a replacement for the tournament, a sub- an alternative. And he really, you know, he's going in there against the number one guy and he tried to do his best to, to take top full advantage of it. And I think even though he lost the fight, he doesn't come out of it as a, a diminished fighter, if that makes sense. He, he comes out of that and he can definitely, you know, look forward to big, bigger and brighter things in the future. He's still, you know, got plenty of development. Um, so, yeah, so super exciting. Um, great fight back and forth, and obviously Nem- Nemkov getting the finish with a Kimura. So, which you, you know you don't see that many Kimura finishes, especially in uh, submission finishes at all in the bigger guys. So it's nice to see that looking for a different way to finish the fight. The other uh, semi-final was uh, obviously, as you said, uh, Corey Anderson. Yeah, starching. Um, Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader, the heavyweight champ. Uh, early doors. Um, f- why? His... So MMA for me is one of them, yeah, where you can get caught with a lucky punch. And I'm not saying Anderson was lucky, but I would have liked to have seen a bit more from uh, Bader. You know, he's looked so effective since he's moved up to heavyweight. He's had such a great run at light heavyweight. Is it a case of age just caught up with him? Was it something lucky? And then Anderson's like transition, following it up on the deck, finishing the fight was good or? Uh, possibly. I mean, Bader did recently get beaten by Nemkov. That's why he's not the light heavyweight champion now. Uh, and so it's, it's difficult. And Corey Anderson is one of those guys. You don't always know who's going to show up. Sometimes he looks really, really good. And he really comes out and he's a, he's a great dynamic fighter. He's, He's got good level changes. He can wrestle. His his hands are good. He can finish guys, knock people out. Um, but sometimes he comes up and he looks a little flat and he looks pretty, you know, pretty basic and ordinary. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of say well done to, to uh, Corey. Um, but I'd like to see now, I think I kind of want to see Bader stick at heavyweight. Um, it's not a good look for, a, you know, a division or not a division, uh, for Bellator as a whole, when they're well, you got to kind of look at Bader and be like, well, the light two of the two light heavyweights have beaten the heavyweight champion. What does that mean about the heavyweight division? Like, unfortunately, it kind of takes away from the heavyweight division. Definitely. Yeah. Like, does he bring to the heavyweights? Um, and, and again, a different way. And obviously, he's, he's bringing a certain amount of vulnerability. But does he bring to the heavyweights what, say, an Usyk is bringing to heavyweight boxing? Like a lot of mobility, a lot of speed. Um, is that why he's so effective at heavyweight? Um, at heavyweight, he certainly seemed to, you know, he's he's really going to work with his wrestling. And that is when Ryan Bader seems to be the best. You know, he seems to be best when he's boxing and wrestling and mixing up. And perhaps, I don't know if it's so much his speed, but perhaps a lack of speed of the guys he's fighting. Um perhaps making him slightly more relevant stylistically at heavyweight, you know, whereas a lot of the light heavyweights are just faster, sharper guys. And and perhaps they wouldn't necessarily, I couldn't see Corey Anderson doing that well at heavyweight personally. 
Mm. Um, just his fighting style. But, you know, like sometimes styles make fights and so maybe, maybe it does, you know, suit Bader. On the other hand, he's gone on a big long win streak and now he's starting to look a little bit more human. He's, he's lost to Corey Anderson, lost to Nemkov and a decision win against what has to be an aging layer to Machida in the middle. Um, yeah, Machida's 43 now. So, Bader, it, perhaps he's nearing the end. He's 38 now. It's not, you know, the oldest fighter oh, we know. Whoa, whoa, but... whoa. Easy, Tiger. Careful what you say. 38, there's a lot of life in that young man. Right, yeah. Bader. <laughs> you retire at 31. <laughs> what? Not retired? I don't know what you're talking about. Semi-retire. <laughs> don't, I don't know what you're talking about. My my career went in a different direction. <laughs> you were more focused on dominating the uh, the, the national scene. <laughs> and when you say dominate you use that word really loosely <laughs> well all I hear is the stories you bring back about how you wallop this guy and wallop that guy uh, recently done a uh, little bit of little bit of training at the centre the last couple of weeks and have been on the receiving end of a savage savage shoeing from a couple of the like heavyweight boys, the light heavyweight boys. It's interesting you say this on the podcast because, <laughs> you know, when the podcast was off, all I heard was how, you know, you whop this guy, that guy didn't stand a chance. You're thinking about coming back. D- oh. Didn't they mention something to you about giving you a full-time funding, bringing, bringing back the old dogs? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, if you can start that rumour, let's get it started. <laughs> let's get it started. And less of the talk about coming back, I never went away. I'm a, a shadow over that under 100 kilo division. <laughs> under 100 kilo division? Well, you know. What was your last competition at? Was it unders? Was it, it, was, unders? it was actually unders. It was, it was oh, unders. okay. It was unders. Um, uh-huh. Again, <laughs> I'm going to drag us back to the MMA from last weekend. How does Bellator keep the the Grand Prix system alive? Yeah, it's exciting in moments, but surely what what you're seeing at the weekend is that people are getting injured or people are having to pull out of fights. It means nothing. I kind of agree with you to a certain extent, and then I kind of disagree in that it might mean nothing as a whole. But also, what we see is Nemkov having multiple fights. So that means we're seeing multiple title fights within a calendar year from a division, which mm-hmm. is only a good thing. You know, you see the, the champion being active. He's fought, fought twice this year. Um, and I probably, probably maybe not this year, but certainly within um, within 12 months of his, of his first fight this year, he's probably going to defend it again. So that's three times in he in 12 month period. I think that's, I like it because that's good activity. You know, you want to see the, the division stay relevant. Sometimes, unfortunately in the UFC, we either see um, belts not get defended for years at a time, or on the other hand, you know, we make up a belt every three months, you know, for the newest guy who might sell a few tickets. So I kind of like the format, you know, there's, although it hasn't in this time, it's got, it's got the opportunity to change hands two or three times. Um, it gives p- plenty of people who 
perhaps under other circumstances, might not get a title shot. They're going to get their shot. Julius Anglicus wouldn't have had a title shot, certainly not this early in his career. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, yeah, who knows? But um, hopefully he got paid well for the fight and he's going to be able to take that, invest in himself and move forwards. So I don't hate the tournament format. It keeps the divisions alive. And I also think it gives us options of fights that we just wouldn't have perhaps seen, wouldn't have put together, um, which is fun. Who's waiting for the at the end of this light heavyweight tournament? Who's uh, who's going to be next up for a title shot? Are we looking at Phil Davis again? Is he back in the title picture with a win a few weeks ago? Uh, possibly, possibly. There's there's quite a few guys in that division. It is, as I said, at the moment you know we had on the undercard there. We have Carl Alabrexen, um, Swedish guy, beat uh, Yagshamuridov, who was in the tournament. Um, so that you know, that's a good win. He's thirteen and three, and I think he's on a he's on a little bit of a win streak now. So that's 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 solid. I think he actually, yeah, he he actually holds a win over. Uh, oh no, he holds a win over Victor Nemkov, a different Nemkov. Sorry, my <laughs> my bad, my apologies. Um, he's actually you know lost a split decision to um the champion a few years ago in uh, Ryzen. So perhaps that's you know a rematch we can look at with with another uh, another win from Albrechtson. Um, but I don't know that that kind of division is packed out at the moment. There's, there are a lot of relevant guys who are exciting and who are, you know, making a push. It, it, Bellator has a real a light heavyweight division, which is quite fun, and they're only developing it as it as it continues on. So we'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly us across uh, to the UFC event. Um, couple of the older guys, Jim Miller, Andre Arlovsky. Got some well showed their experience, got some well deserved wins, and then in the f- headline fight, um, we had an Aspen lad who looked to make weight a lot easier. She's moved up the category, but just not do enough against Norma Dumont. Yeah, I just looked remarkably flat. Um, Dumont looked good, and Aspen lad. Just really didn't. She just didn't really get out of the gates, did she? She didn't get out of first gear today, um, which is always disappointing as a fighter to not perform on fight night. And you, there was a little bit of controversy with her coach, the way he was screaming and shouting her between rounds. And I kind of thought it was a bit of a nothing story. I think, you know, you and me have both been screamed and shouted at by coaches when they're imploring you to try and bring a little bit of something out of you when you when you are feeling flat sometimes. And, you know, sometimes it does. Maybe... You, she might have stolen one round in there perhaps because of that, but, you know, a bit of a, unfortunately, a little bit of a letdown of a fight, but, you know, congratulations to Dumont. You know, she's she's doing what she needs to do, climbing the ladder, working her way up. So, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we saw Aspen lads, a fight fall through uh, because she failed to make the weight um, and her opponent pulled out. I think we'd expect to see a flat performance after someone makes a massive, massive weight cut and really struggles to make the weight. We'd we'd often expect to see someone underperform or yeah, well, look flat. But do, yeah, you, do we only, think this has had a toll? Do we think this yeah. that would have had a toll coming into this 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 show? I mean, how is it for you when you make week weight week after week? <laughs> you know, when you did judo, how is it? 
I mean, we've all got those absolutely insane stories about making weight. Yeah. And and to be honest, generally, MMA fighters cut a higher percentage of weight than judo mm-hmm. players because it's judo is the same day weighing and MMA, MMA is the day before weighing. So even if you're moving up the division, that's still too hard cuts. You know, I don't know. It's got it. It takes you know. It takes a while to recover when you've been making you know making hard weight and I don't know. It's difficult. Perhaps she wasn't. Perhaps we didn't see the best Aspen lad out there. I don't think we did. And is it to do with the weight? Is it you know? She was ready to compete and have a rest two weeks ago, and instead she had to you know push it an extra two weeks longer than she wanted. Um, I don't know. A bit flat. I kind of think we should. Do we think she stays at was it one forty five? She fought at. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see her with one more. Get one more. Get a proper. Come in with a proper count, proper recovery, a proper weight cut. You know, do it, do it right, rather than, you know, one and done. You don't really know what's happened there. I don't know. I'd like to see it. Have another crack. Dumont didn't look like an idiot in there. She looks solid. Uh, I think she's pretty highly ranked at the moment. Yeah, at the moment they're ranked at a number five. I'm not sure whether she'll move up or not from that. But either way, you know, you losing to a top five girl. That's that's no. There's no shame in that. So let's let's see what she does again. Give her another shot. Other other than that fight, for me, the UFC card was a little bit flat. Like you had the likes of Arlovsky, someone who was relevant in my UFC kind of fan heyday twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, certainly. I mean, Arlovsky is the absolute definition of a gatekeeper now. He really is. Um, coming into this, Felipe, Carlos Felipe was 3-1 uh, and one in the UFC coming into this, 11-1 and one overall. And personally, I was not impressed. I think he's got a little bit lucky. He's got the right opponents. He's this and that. And he's. I found that fight very frustrating to watch. Arlovsky was clearly the better fighter. Um, and I hate it watching a fighter showboat and, you know, like the way Felipe was when he's not winning a fight. You know, I, I'm all for showboating and, and, you know, talking trash. But when you're kind of getting schooled a little bit, it's I find it very frustrating because it's 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 just annoying more than anything. What? I mean, how long does Arlovsky hang around for? Like, he's he's 43 years old. He's on a bit of a win streak. But he's still... He's still competitive. Um, I don't know. Personally, my main concern is, like, has he, has he just not invested any money or something? Is he doing it for the money? Is he doing it because he loves it? I don't know why he's doing it. And either way, you know, he's a... I'm pretty sure he's got a family now. And you just think at what point is getting blasted in the head a bad idea, you know, for you long-term, especially when you've got, you know, you've got a family, you've got other people to think about and perhaps, you know, your, your health is going to affect other people, not just yourself. I don't, I don't know. You know, like, like I say, he's still very competitive, but miles on the clock are a very real thing. Does it again, though, point to a problem the UFC have at the moment where all of their star power um, we think Arlovsky, Jim Miller uh, Nick Diaz yeah, uh, 
all of their star power or a, a big chunk of their star power, it's not fair to say all, but a big chunk of their star power is 10 years past its sell-by date. I think that is something the UFC has engineered, though. Um, some of the problems, I mean, it's very kind of visible, the problems the UFC have had with people like Conor McGregor. And the issues, I mean, even, even now with someone like Ngannou, they have problems with them. They're the champion, but they're not playing ball. And I think they're trying to make less stars because if they make, you know, the bigger the stars, the more people, you know, kind of the more power guys have. So it's a bit funny because if they make bigger stars, the money will come in from the stars. I think they're trying to streamline it. Like they kind of always been about the UFC brand, obviously, but the new deals, the way ESPN and the um, different sponsorship deals works is based on events. So I think a large proportion of the revenue these days is coming from sponsorships, not just from the pay-per-views or um, it's coming from the ESPN deals and things like that. And they've basically got to hit their number of shows. I don't know how many shows they've got to hit in a year, but if they hit a certain number of shows, they get paid this much. They've got to do the shows. That's part of the reason they forced the shows out during the pandemic. Uh, that's they absolutely... it, it, and that'll be why we're seeing like a, a factory line of shows at the minute where again, yeah. we just had this card at the weekend. There were names you recognize going down there. They've been, you know, some good wins, people getting a little bit of exposure, but, it was an uninspiring card. But I kind of, on the one hand, I think, you know, they've got to get their thing to get their sponsorship and get everyone, which is good because that's money coming into the sport, even if the UFC don't distribute as much as we want it. But also, let's let's look at, take football. You know, there's, there's uh, championship football. There's division one football. You know, there's plenty of football. There's football of the Premiership that just doesn't... People don't care about as much. There's a whole bunch of it, but it's still there, and some people want to watch it. I watched the event. I watched a bunch of the fights, and a lot of fans did watch the event. You know, this is just, oh, I've got nothing else to do. This is free to, free to watch. You know, people aren't having to pay pay-per-views, so I don't mind it. You know, it's more MMA is never going to be a bad thing. It increases the the visibility of the sport, even if it's not exactly what you want. And sometimes on these shows, perhaps not this one, but sometimes on these shows, stars are born. I, I would say the, the standout performance of this event for me would have been um, Manon Fioro, um, or Fiora, uh, the French girl. Um, yeah. She really looked good in her fight with uh, uh, Myra Brenner Silva. She really looked really looked like she's going to be a problem in that um, one twenty five pound division. Could be you know a potential title challenger. Um, at the moment, she doesn't look ready to you know fight a a Shevchenko, but potentially someone who could get there and definitely give her a, you know give her perhaps more of a fight than we've seen some of the girls doing. Um, she looked pretty dominant in her fight. Her striking looked good. She had a bit more versatility, and she she hit some takedowns as well. You know we saw some stuff that we've not seen in fights before, so. She's she's a good prospect, and I think she was pretty dominant in the fight. She beat her girl up. She didn't even even when she couldn't get the finish. She kind of didn't seem to get dissuaded by it. She was very hard worker, pretty busy. So yeah, fun fun to watch and uh, a lot of potential in the future. So 
you know, even even on a show like this, you can see certain people starting to creep out of the woodworks. Okay, I think that that'll have to be a fight that I go I go back to. My uh, my casual viewing this weekend did not extend to uh, Man and Fiora. Um, can we can we look ahead to the fights coming up? So this is a big one. We've talked about the the old guys the last few weeks. Uh, we we we've just mentioned Arlovsky. We we a couple of weeks ago we had Nick Diaz, but this weekend. This surely, the the godfather of of the all, the last emperor, the last stand of the last emperor, and if that is not on the poster, I want to know why not. <laughs> Fedor, the one and only versus Tim Johnson. It's only Fedor's fourth retirement fight. <laughs> well, maybe they used that um, one liner on a on a prior fight. Maybe they've they've got rid I- of it. I want to say uh, Scott Coker has had Fedor retire at least once before, <laughs> at least once in his, in the Strikeforce days. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I think Fedor's third or fourth retirement fight, and it's going to be a fun one. Tim Johnson is a good fighter. Uh, is he former UFC? He is a former UFC fighter. He had some mixed results in the UFC. I think he went you know, four and three, five and three, that type of record. You know, he had some good fights. He's beat, you know, was competitive in the UFC, but not going to be a title contender. Went to Bellator with two losses to Czech Congo and Minikov, who was champion at the time. And then he's bounced back with three wins. Um, again, coming off another loss. But again, he's, he's one of those guys who I, you can't sleep on. He's an exciting fighter. He goes out there and he's, he's there to have a scrap. He's out there to have an actual fight. He ain't, you know, there to pussyfoot around. He's there to have a fight. So he's always exciting to watch. And I think this is going to be a banger. Fedor's going to be there, chin in the air. Well, not chin in the air, but chin down and vulnerable. But absolutely <laughs> dead, deadly as ever with those hands, the hand speed, brutal power. Tim Johnson is going to come and meet him in the middle. So I think that is actually going to be an absolute Boston main event. Um, and it's quite a good highlight to bring some attention to a good Russian card. Uh, the co-main event, former Bellator champion Vitaly Minikov um, versus Said Salma. Um, Salma has got a couple of good wins. He's 7-2 and two in his career, which isn't, isn't the best record, but he's got a couple of wins. He beat Bobby Brents and Ronnie Marks, both solid fighters. Looks like he's a bit of a banger. You know, he looks like he's he's got a few, few quick knockouts um, on his record. So I'm excited to see what, what happens there. Minikov, 22-1. and one. You know, you can't get but much better than that, a heavyweight. Very, very powerful, big, explosive man. A little bit slower, but power in both hands. Got great hips. Can a few, wrestle, a can few do years work. ago, like, Minikov was going to be the next big thing, and he's just kind of slipped away a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, he's kind of like, for some reason, he went back to Russia to fights and had half a dozen fights in Russia, you know, against Good opponents, all good opponents. A lot of former UFC, um, good guys, high-level guys, but and, and kind of done work there. But at the same time, he he then went his first night back in Bellator. He lost lost the decision to Congo, which I think was a very close fight. And and Congo seems to be one of those immortal guys, but it is not a great look. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but it's a shame because. 
you just look at Minikov and you're like, why are you not in the UFC? You, he would be a title contender for sure. Um, it's just that I, I suspect maybe like Fedor, um, he might be one of those guys we never get to see in the UFC and we never really get to see how he would do against the top of the top of the tree. Talking of the UFC and talking of smooth, smooth transitions, uh, on the same night, bit of a bit of a middleweight showdown. Um, Paulo Costa, Marvin Vittori. That's going to be a bit of a wild fight, isn't it? Well, we know they're both going to fight. They both those guys like to fight, like to meet in the middle and scrap. Personally, I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I know less about Vittori. I know against Adesanya, he just didn't look like he had an answer. To be um, honest, they, they kind of both look like it. True. Paolo Costa yeah, yeah. got embarrassed against Adesanya. Um, yeah, I, no, I'd agree with that. I think. I think Don't know. Costa, I think he landed one strike. Yeah. You know? I think Costa always brings a level of threat. Neither of them got into their, their fights. Yeah. Costa, you, you, I think Costa looked like a, a rougher loss because he came with a lot of expectation. People were expecting the man with the traps yeah. from, uh, yeah, the two, the two undefeated fighters. And Costa yeah. looked so dominant. Exactly. Put in front of your Romero, knocked your Romero down, walked him down. Yeah. You know, um, and I think part of that was where the disappointment came from. Um, he was a he was a reborn Vito Belfort in many ways. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, um, but with a gas tank as well. With a gas tank, perhaps uh, you know using different supplements. Yeah, allegedly, allegedly. Better combination. <laughs> a better combination of supplements. No, it's it's um, definitely a fun fight though. Um, all I remember from Vittori's title fight is is him being in disbelief at the end that he lost the fight, and I think he was the only one in the world who thought he was competitive in that fight. Um, which, you know, it's a good attitude to have, but didn't serve him well in that. Like, I don't see Vittori being able to hang in there with Costa. You know, Costa is a blunt instrument. Um, and I think Marvin Vittori is going to meet him in the middle, which will, you know, I, I just haven't seen anyone meet. Yo, your Romero couldn't go toe-to-toe with uh, Costa, so I can't see Vittori going toe-to-toe with him, um, unless he brings something else to the table. Um, his wrestling's not looked good enough that I, I could see him putting Costa on his back. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's actually, I think it might even be a short night for Costa. Who who else is on that card? Uh, who else is on that card that I should be looking for? Again, as I look down the list, there's a handful of names I know. I recognise Fran- Francisco Trinaldo. Um a couple of the British guys, Mason Jones, uh, Jai Herbert. You know, their names I know from the British circuit. But again, there's a lot of names there that I'm not familiar with. What fight should I be watching? Home main event is a brilliant fight. Grant Dawson is one of these guys, an up-and-comer. Um, people are saying he could be one of the guys to, you know, a future title contender. And with a 17-1 and record, you know, he's 5-0 and in the UFC you know, six and oh, if you can count his uh, contender series fight, he is really looking on fire. And in a lightweight division that is full of killers, he's getting finishes as well. So, 
definitely one to watch Grant Jawson and uh, Ricky Glenn is a step up for him. Ricky Glenn is nobody's fool. He's, you know, fought many guys, top, top guys, and he's got wins. He's, you know, he's only lost decisions. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for that. I think that's definitely going to be an exciting fight. Um, and hopefully I'm looking to see Grant Dawson come out of that and, and move up in the division and have a new player moving towards the top 10, perhaps someone someone who these guys don't want to fight, you know, until he chases them down. So we'll see, calls some people out. Um, who else? We've got Jessica Rose Clark and Jocelyn Edwards. It'd be the sort of feature female fight on this card. Okay. Um, Rose Clark is, you know, she's she's a good fighter. She's, a, you know, a pretty solid fighter. Uh, still looking to crack, you know, the top 10. But, she she's she brings it. She brings it. She comes to fight. It'll be a bit of a fun one. Um, Jocelyn was I know a little bit less about, but again, she's she's one on one in the UFC. We'll we'll see what she brings. I think most of the time these women bring you know an exciting style. Um, so hopefully hopefully we'll have some fireworks in that. I'm looking to see Jessica Rose Clark climb back up those climb back up the greasy pole. Uh, <laughs> There's a there's a bunch of good fights on it. I think Mason Jones is fighting a, a, an up and comer, David Anama. Um, Anama eight and zero Ugandan fighter. I don't know if we've had many Ugandan fighters in the UFC, so that's interesting. You know, be someone someone rep someone new rep in their country. An eight and zero fighter is is always exciting to watch. Mason ten and one, so you know he's no nobody's fool. So that'll be fun. All all. All the best luck looking for Mason to get his first win in the UFC. Who else have we got? We've got Jai Herbert as well versus Karma Worthy. A very that'll be a fun one. Jai's obviously a good striker. No, the, the card it's it's a good card, you know. Again, lacking a bit of the name power, um, even of the last card, but I think it's gonna be a fun one. We definitely definitely a little bit top heavy. Paolo Costa Vittorian, Grant Dawson, Ricky, Ricky Glenn are the two ones to watch. Um, they snuck um, Bruce Leroy as well, Alex Casares in uh, versus Sung Woo Choi. Um, and I think that'll be a bit of a banger. Uh, so, yeah, fun card, fun card. Nothing to write home about. Maybe don't stay up all night, watch it the next day. <laughs> um, well, what are the fights we are going to pull out for this weekend? You know, um, obviously got a Fedor up there. Uh, Costa Vittori's got, got to be up there. Um, I think if we look a bit further afield, there's a Marius Pujanowski. Oh, Pujan. <laughs> are, are we, uh, I mean, is that going to be a competitive fight over on KSW? Fighting against the mighty Senegalese wrestler, <laughs> Bombardier. I am unfamiliar with his work, but uh, I'm very... He's a very, very, very large Senegalese wrestler. I think he'll actually be bigger than Pudzianowski. Wow. Um, he is a ginormous human being. Um, that said, he is terrible at MMA. <laughs> um, and I think he's older than time itself. Um, yeah, so I think I think Pudzian... Yeah, I'm going to go with Pudzianowski there. Nice. Well, let's let's maybe not add him to our list then. Uh, oh, Fedor, Fedor, and Costa. Who else can we have on that? Which other fights can we have on our, our five? Uh, should we go for the 
Should we go for the KSW Bantamweight Championship? That's the fun one. We've got Sebastian Crisbiz and Bruno Santos. I'm gonna I'm gonna say not because I'm I mean I'm struggling with some of the UFC names. Um, I mean I have no idea who they are, but go on, you name some fights then. Name those fights. Let's go. Who was the, the co main event? Did you say Grant Dawson and Ricky Glenn? Yeah. Brilliant. Um let's get Jai Herbert, you know, on the cards. And then do you wanna pick a women's fight? Jessica Rose Clark and Jocelyn Edwards. Go for it. Let's start from the top then. Is Fedor going to go out, you know, swinging sweetly, knocking Tim Johnson out one final time? Uh, I'm going to give back my man Tim Johnson, actually. Ooh. You think Fedor's been on the slide for too long? <laughs> it feels like the, the past five years have been Fedor's slide. <laughs> I mean, arguably the past 15 years has been fed or slide. <laughs> um, I'm going to say he's got one more minute. Yeah, I'm going to say he's got one more min- moment of magic. Huh. I think the, the mythology around him is going to get to Tim Johnson. So I'm going to go with Fedor this week. Super. Costa and Vittori? Wait, I've got to write this down. Uh, Oster, I think it'd be too much for Vittori. I think he'll crush Vittori actually. Oh really? I don't. Think, I'm. I don't. I don't think he'd be competitive. Ah, uh, ah, uh, this is a hard one. I. Uh, I think I'm. I've got to go with Vittori. Um, I think we know what Costa brings, and. I think Marvin Vittori, I know less about him. I've only seen him in lo- versus Adesanya. I'm, I am going to lock in? that in. I am going to lock that in. I've only seen him in against Adesanya. And I think he brought a little bit more to the table. He's He's got at least two gears. Then the MMA, the MMA math, the MMA top trumps. <laughs> Definitely. That's, that's how it always works, isn't it? Grant Dawson, Ricky Glenn. Uh, I think Grant Dawson. I don't think I. Th- I think Ricky Glenn will give him some problems. Probably maybe go the distance, but I'm gonna go Grant Dawson. And again, you did such a great job selling him earlier that I am. I'm gonna match you on that. I'm gonna go Grant Dawson as well. And similarly with the women's fight, Jessica Rose Clark. You'd heard of her. You hadn't heard of uh, Jocelyn Edwards. So that's enough for me. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, you're gonna make it interesting, or I will. Gonna... I'll go. I'll go. Justin Edwards, <laughs> mostly because I feel like I, I oversold Jessica Rose Clark. <laughs> oh, this is where the mind games come in. Oh, I have to start, don't I? And then lastly, uh, we've got Jai Herbert, Karma Worthy. Wait a second. Right. Diet and karma. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Let me get my... How... Uh, it's interesting. Karma's on is a two-fight skid. He's two and two. Jai Herbert is... He's also on a two-fight slide, two I think. Two-fight well. skid. So maybe it's a, win- a loser leaves town. 
I want to say Jai, but I'm going to have to back Karma. Well, I'm going to go, okay, that's fine. We'll split that. I'll go I'll go Jai Herbert. I'll get behind the Brit. And we'll all, we'll all remember which side of the fence you stood. Oh, you know what, actually? No, I'm going to change my mind. Too late. You locked in. No. I didn't lock in. I didn't it's too in. late. You've made your decision. Wait, I've just seen that. Uh, Karma Worthy's been knocked out twice in the foot. Ah! Look. Two one-minute knockouts. Like, one-and-a-half-minute knockouts. Well, you've got to stand oh, by your no. decision. And um, I'm proud of I you for being not, so confident. I do not stand by it at all. <laughs> um, that is going to be us calling time on the show. And I know we said we'd make it a lot shorter, and yet somehow it's still reached almost, I don't know, 40 plus minutes, 50 plus minutes. Well, that is shorter than last week. <laughs> it is about half an hour shorter than last week. Yeah. But that, good chat. Uh, Stu, I will catch you soon. Everybody listening, like, share, subscribe, and we'll catch you soon. Give us a, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. Try and give us a written review if you can as well. That's even better. <laughs> Start sharing. We actually want some people to listen now. It's slightly less terrible. <laughs> we, we are getting there. We are getting there. Um, thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon.